Steven, it's a new year. It's 2022. And I've got a big, fat, juicy wish that it's going to be a year full of fulfillment here on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. What do you think? I've got a big old sauce-drenched wish myself just slapped on my plate here in front of me. And I'm going to dig in to a whole nother year of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. It's going to be a big year full of winding down our rewatch of Community and moving on to whatever comes next for us and to be a part of it with us. There's so many ways to show your support. We've got a big old warm pool here for you. Come on and slip on your skibbies and slide down the ladder and dive in. How how can they get in this pool, Zach? If you put your toe in the water and it feels fine and you want to get waist deep, come join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. It's the way to support this show and to help us move it forward as we move into the future. It's also the way to get more of us every week with our live pre-show every week. You can't just a pre-show and all kinds of Patreon exclusive content coming all the time, Steven. We'd love for you to support us on Patreon, but you can also hang out with us free of charge over on Twitter at You Can't Disappod. We are also on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. And we're on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Also, if you would like to be a part of the show every week, you can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. To be a part of next week's podcast, write us in your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your episode MVP for next week's episode of Community, and we'll read it out loud on the show. If you like what we do here, leave a review wherever you leave reviews about podcasts. Yeah, maybe like... The Sharper Image product review site. Leave us a review there. There's uh, like a box full of sticky notes at my post office. Write a review and leave it there. I hope you guys are jumping on board with us and you're ready to traverse 2022 with me and Steven. What do you say? Let's rip our way into another episode if you can't disappoint a podcast. Cannonball! <laughs> I'll put like a big <laughs> splat. <laughs> But Jeff, it's a graduation gift. You see, on the surface, we seem like just a group of people from diverse backgrounds who have become unlikely friends, Mm. but according to my research, our paths have crossed many times. We were destined to meet like a team of superheroes. This is our origin story. And here we go. Abed, we don't have origin stories. We have lives. Well, at least. Yep, just me. You know, I thought maybe I would start off by like coming up with some elaborate way that our lives have interconnected in so many ways because we've known each other a long time yeah. and we've, we've drifted and come back and drifted, but I just didn't have the, the Abed epic quilt mentality to do that. What was our origin story? 1997, was... somewhere in a dark, dark forest do you remember... emerged. Okay, Tay thanks for stopping by the <laughs> studio. Do you remember like... Going back to the very, very beginning, do you have any idea what, like, our first literal interaction with each other might have been? It had to be, um, in a class? my guess is because or, you were friends with Sammy Ennis and I was friends with Sammy Ennis. Shout out Sammy Ennis. I love yeah, Sammy. Same. Um, and I feel like when... Big fan of the show, I'm what sure. What year did you go to Highland? Freshman year? Freshman year was my first year in public school. Okay. Um, were you in theater there? Yeah, but I don't think we had it together. I wasn't in theater, but I had <laughs> Mrs. Sipes. Okay. 
And I love Miss Sight. Okay, so this isn't as quick and fun of an antidote as I thought it would be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, the Kid but, but, but we, like, released... I, I, uh, maybe Show Choir. I think it was before that, though. Because I don't think I had any classes with you junior year or sophomore I just year. think there were moments where... We, we all you walked know, in you the and hallway, I are passing we the hallway, eyes. We catch eyes, and there's just for a second... For a second, and not enough to, like, really realize what's happening, but for a moment, you just have that feeling of, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, yeah. everybody. You can't disappoint a podcast. Back and banging, as always. I'm glad you've made bam, it. Bam, bam, I'm glad bam, you, bam. you found the place. I hope you found a good parking spot. Don't get a ticket. Uh, welcome to the program, everybody. I'm Zach, and Crystal Skull was alien, so pretty great film. Nice. Uh, I'm Steven, and I haven't taken pictures of my feet and sold them online, but I did date Roger Ebert. <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks. Welcome, everybody. Shout out to our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash podcast. Those people are Taylor Ace, Planeswalker Prez, Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, and we've got Brian Thurman back. So welcome oh, back hello, to the Oh, hello. Welcome back. All of you are very treasured, and we're glad you're it sticking It was my around. reference of powder a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I still don't believe that that's real. She, <laughs> she tweeted us like that, oh, I was so happy when you guys mentioned it, and I just knew instantly it was one of the times I went in the void while you were talking. <laughs> I had no idea. What the f***? I was like, we talked about what? What is powder? <laughs> the movie where the guy's Jesus. I kind of remember you describing it, but I don't think I caught the word powder at all. Yeah. And not only <laughs> did I li- like void when you say it, I must have always voided when I edited you saying it. I just did not know it. You're like, well, Steven's talking here for a while. Audio <laughs> stops. Good. Boom. There's Back no to way Zach. to clean this up. Now, when I talk, let's get out every little wrong <laughs> breath. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for the patrons. Patreon.com slash Can't Disappoint Podcast. Every week you get You Can't Disappoint Show, our live stream pre-podcast pre-show. You can also get the back catalog of that on the Patreon, over 50 episodes of the pre-show, which is nuts. You get that every wow. week. You get this podcast early every week, usually on Thursdays. And also you get Brokeback Bebop, a full second weekly Zach and Steven rewatch podcast of Cowboy Bebop, which has been a lot of fun and has been the highlight of our weeks lately. So you're really missing out. Whether you like Cowboy Bebop or not, that podcast has been fun. And if you like us, I think you should check it out. If you don't like us, you should also check it out. And speaking of people who don't like us, but check us (laughs) out. (laughs) We got to give a shout out to our proud pops at communities on Twitter, the people that have given us a voice and I'm sure have uh, regretted it ever since. (laughs) But the people of Argentina needed us. So it's for the best. Thanks, Papa. Do you have anything to say to our to our daddy before we move on? You know, the the watcher on the wall is the uh, the the watcher of my heart. I'll always remember the the day that we started the podcast and we were led into this uh, like really darkly lit business room with a really long table and we're told Mr. Communities will see you now. <laughs> oh, yeah, what else? We I understood why we had to take off oh, our what? shoes, but <laughs> it, but yeah, but why the but shirts? Take off everything but the socks is what yeah. I got. Yeah. Oh, no, that explains a lot. If that's what you were told. 
Thanks, Pops, for all the support, and I'm sorry for all the embarrassment we've caused you for the last, like, two years almost. It's almost <laughs> been two years. We've got a couple months to go. Wow. Isn't that wild that we've almost consistently done this for two years? I've not consistently done anything for two years. I almost made, like, a really fourth-grade joke, but I'm going to— No, let's hear it. You can't call yourself out. The only thing I've it. consistently done for two years is your mother. hey yeah, Hi, Connie. Yeah. <laughs> she's not listening <laughs> i know that's the only I'm reason off. i would say that uh what else we gotta talk about how you doing this week my I'm pal good you know i'm i'm doing the damn do you know i actually have a lot been of mountain drinking, dew um these ahas this okay is a, uh, not a mango sponsor. and black tea one but it has caffeine in it so that's helpful not a sponsor not a sponsor. Uh, but yeah, just been working, been watching a little bit of anime. I actually want to talk about something anime-related, Zach. Okay. Two things. One, um, on a more you know general service-level anime fan okay. note, uh, new season of Demon Slayer just ended. Some of the best animation I've seen on a like series hmm. um, in anime. And then cool. the final season, the well, final part of the final season of Attack on Titan is airing right now. And that's just wild. That's craziness all over the place. So if you are into any of those shows, you should watch them. Attack on Titan is super accessible for an anime. I, I've heard that. I've heard it's really yeah. good. Let me ask you something. Are animes often in their final stretch for, like, ever? Yeah. Because I was going to say, I feel like the finals... I feel like I've read headlines about the final season of Attack on Titan. For, for over like, a year. Two years, yeah. Two years, yeah. Because the Wild. final season, part one... It started airing December 2020. Crazy. And then part two started January 20. Was that because of COVID or was that just to like keep the hype going? Just to keep the hype going. Because we're finally about to get... Did you ever watch Barry? Yeah. There's I love to, Barry. The new season finally? of Barry is like next month. And I'm so excited. And the last episode of Barry aired in like July 2019. I watched it forever ago because you told me how good it was. It's and incredible. So, like... Yeah. I would confidently I'm say that, actually. the only reason I won't say that it is the best show on TV is because it's not been on TV. It hasn't for been like on TV years. for yeah. But the first two seasons are some of the best. Like now I'm distanced enough from it. It's some of the best television I have ever. I watched. was just talking uh, with so someone good. I That'd work with Patreon about that of Barry. Yeah, Barry's great. It's so good. The, and I was always knew? kind of like a Bill Hader naysayer. Yeah, who yeah, knew? Yeah, that he was of so course, talented. Of course he was because he yeah. was like. He's one of those guys on SNL that he's so committed and so, like, hits his Mm -hmm. mark all the time that you kind of, like, don't give him – he doesn't quite get the credit he deserves because he's always there to show – like Ken Jong in Community, you know? But then, of course, he can bring out a a powerhouse performance. It's just that on SNL, he was, like, a team player. He wasn't, like, Mm -hmm. he wasn't, like, look at me, look at me. Uh, I watched some Oscar movies. I want to touch on that before yeah. we get into community for the week. I've watched three since we've last talked. Uh, quick rundown: I saw Coda, which stands for Child of a Deaf Adult. It's uh, or Deaf Adults. It's a very touching movie. Really, really sweet about a young girl who can hear, raised by a deaf fa- uh, parents with a deaf brother, and she falls in love with music and she wants to go to music school, but it uh, contradicts with her kind of being the guide for her family into the hearing world. She's their interpreter, and without her, they ha- they have a big uh, safety net taken away, but also she's got to be able to like uh, reach out on her own. And mm-hmm. uh, it- It's a really sweet movie. A little schmaltzy at points, but definitely made me cry, and not just like in one moment. Like quite a few moments in wow. the movie made me tear up. 
definitely recommended. Uh, really great. Troy Kotzer got nominated for Best Supporting Actor off of it. Don't know if he'll win, but he's kind of who, I, who I'm rooting for right now. I also watched Dune. I thought I was going to be bored, and then it felt like the first time I watched Star Wars. Wow. It was incredible for me. Though Every new detail about the world, I comprehended and was like so interested in it. And, and the world building, it um, it's just really great. I, I don't know anything about Dune, and I was in for every bit of the movie and didn't feel uh like it was inaccessible at all i was worried it was gonna wow be. then finally i watched the mitchells versus the machines which isn't just one of the best animated films i've seen in a long time but straight up the best comedy i've seen in years wow it is so funny it's so cute it's so sweet the animation is like nothing else uh the characters are great and it's kind of got a slightly tired smartphone type technology goes bad and and mm-hmm. humans have to take a stand against it however i think it's too bad that there's been so many other things that have done it before because i think this movie does it best wow it's a really really great film phenomenal voice cast i gave it a five stars easy yeah uh, i saw hilarious that I, was, I i knew i had to watch it now i gotta see it's it. funny from beginning to end is that and new enough that it's still in theaters or is it it's on netflix it's, it's a on netflix, netflix original okay. Wow. Uh, and do you know anything about it, really? Not really at all. Uh, so it's executive produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who are basically nice. everything right now. They did the Lego yeah. movie. They did Spider-Verse. They did uh, they, they did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They've done all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and the movie isn't – it's not as good as Spider-Verse, but it's comparable to Spider-Verse in how inventive its animation style is and That's all of the awesome. things that I they think Spider-Verse is like – the animation there's one of the most progressive and like daring I've seen in a big picture, like big money movie yes. in a long time. I highly recommend you check out the Mitchells versus the Machines. Okay. It's nominated for Best Animated Feature. It's pretty obvious that Encanto is going to get it because of all the buzz mm-hmm. around that movie. And I haven't seen Encanto. I'm sure I'm going to love it. But just based on how much f***ing fun and how much i smiled yeah. the whole time for mitchell's versus the machines You're i don't think i'm it. gonna like in Con- i i kind of am it's the underdog it's not gonna win but i have a lot of love for it mm-hmm. definitely now when you watch Encanto, don't go in thinking i won't i won't as i'm excited to see it rival think of it as I won't. hamilton's baby when I, alexander hamilton yeah laid but nobody likes lin-manuel miranda then, anymore which makes yeah why sad. does everyone hate him I don't. I feel he's like, successful. I feel like it's that he's successful and that he kind of does his thing, and it's very much his thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess. I don't. I don't know why people are mad at him for it. I'm not mad at him for it, but I'm not. He says, ex- "Lynn, we love Hamilton. Do it again." And he's like, "Well, this is not exactly the same thing, but it's kind of similar because I made it." And they're like, "Yeah, that's great. Do it again." And he's like, "Okay, here's something." And they said, "Oh my God, you talentless, <laughs> yelling bastard!" I don't think it's that. I don't know. I think I'm about sick of his songwriting for a while. I don't think he needs to be the next person who's like inheriting the Disney songbook, like he kind of is. I think yeah. his style's cool, and he. But I don't know if I need him to be, like, at the top of the roster for people to mm-hmm. make songs for Disney movies. You don't want to do the music for Monsters High School? <laughs> no. Or, <laughs> or uh... Toy Story 9. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buzz, you're a toy, my boy, don't you see? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that was good. Wait, would that let Tim Allen say the N-word then? <laughs> Wait. 
Lin-Manuel doesn't have the pass to say the N-word. <laughs> no, but Tim Allen would rap. That'd give him a shot, you know? <laughs> you So you're giving Tim Allen the pass to I, the I am not at all. But rapping. I can see him going for it. Let's talk cool. about community. I think we've pushed this as far as it should. <laughs> Let's talk about community. Today we're talking about... Lynn, come on the show. Let's talk about it. Episode. Yeah, no one else wants to talk to you, but we'll take you. <laughs> what do you think of community? Uh, what about that episode of How I Met Your Mother where you rap nursery rhymes? Let's talk about it. <laughs> what about that episode of Modern Family where you played <laughs> Sofia Vergara's cousin with the dog washing business or something? Oh, shit. Let's talk I forgot about, about that. Nice. Um, we w- let us know if Tim Allen can say the n-word or not come on the show I, I want unsolicited if we ever get to interview Lima Will Miranda for some Never reason our very first question is can Tim Allen say the n-word if he raps so we're here to talk about the penultimate episode of season 4 I knew going into these shorter seasons that it's going to go by so much faster but boy has it it always feels like the end of the season comes way too fast and here we already are at the penultimate episode of the season that's nuts uh, Zach, uh, I just want to do a quick little correction there. The ultimate pin episode is actually. <laughs> you don't even know the name of the episode without thinking about it. <laughs> Just a good bit. That was a fine bit. We're talking Thanks. about season four, episode 12, Heroic Origins. The episode was directed by Victor Nelly Jr. This is his first directing credit. Wow, on like hot in here, Community. Nelly. He has one other credit in season six. He directs Intro to Recycled Cinema, but. Other than Community, he's directed episodes of The Office, of Wilfred, of f***ing Gilmore Girls. He directed wow. episodes of My Name is Earl, of Scrubs, and of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. All great shows. Ah, I, I enjoy several episodes of every show mentioned that I have seen. I haven't seen Gilmore Girls, but I've been told I would really like it. And the episode was written by a team of three people that are credited. That's unusual wow. for the show. Uh, and it's all people that have been around the show for a minute, and this is all of their final writing credits. And I imagine that's because oh, wow. a lot of the season four team didn't come back with Dan Harmon for season five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it was written by Steve Bastalone and Annie Mebane, who together wrote regional mm-hmm. holiday music and introduction to finality in season three. And earlier this season wrote cooperative escapism and familial relations, which was a good one. And it was also written by Maggie Bander, who previously wrote Competitive Ecology in Season 3 and Conventions of Space and Time in this season. Oh, and that was my, I one, of, one of my episodes I liked more. Write down season. when the episode came, when it released. Stupid, stupid. Stupid, you stupid. You said what? What did you say about the episode? Uh, about the space-time dimension. That's one, one of your favorites of this the, season? It was one that I liked more than didn't like this season. The episode originally aired on May 2nd, 2013. I'm going to edit. Seamless. No mistakes made by Zach. Clean. It's <laughs> clean. I look king. great. <laughs> Let's talk about trivia. I wrote down a shit ton. This was trivia. an easy episode to pick up little things from. I have like seven questions. I have, holy shit, I have uh, four. Okay, so I'll give you uh, a, two, and then maybe I'll end up, I don't want to take some of yours, right? So I'll give you yeah. two. Okay. Okay, go for it. Who does Chang predict will perform at the Greendale Casino? Steve Winwood. Okay. And what song did the stripper hump an American flag to? Ah, uh, Back in Black. That was one of my questions. Two for two. Well, give me one. Mm-hmm. Um, what did Abed want to call the visual representation of the group being connected? What did he want to call it? The quilt of something. Ooh, wrong. The That's what it of says fate on the paper. Was that oh. he wanted to call it? Okay, but okay. It was okay. taken. What brand sheets did 2008 Shirley have? Ooh. Serta? 
No, that's a mattress brand. She said all yeah. over my Laura Ashley sheets. I don't nice. know what that means. And I yeah. figured you wouldn't either. Mm-hmm. Um, what's Point the me. name of the exotic dancer Andre cheated on Shirley? Oh with? my God. Because I almost wrote it down once for a question, thinking it was uh-huh. something that it isn't. I was like, it's Jasmine. And then it wasn't Jasmine. <laughs> it they said something Jasmine. else. It's a more normal name. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Does it start with a J? No. I don't know, but you're going to tell me, and I'm going to hate myself. Yeah. Just tell me. Just tell me what it Misty. is. Misty. Yeah, okay. Misty. Did they give her a different name before? I don't remember a Misty. I don't know that they said her name before. Okay. Okay. Uh, next question for you. What superlatives are awarded to Troy? Oh. As many as you can get. I've got one, most... two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are seven of them. Fuck me. Uh, most handsome. Best yes. smile. Yes. Best prankster. Most likely to succeed. No. Yes. Best Practical Joker? Yes. There's three you haven't... Uh, I, I've lost track. There's two or three that you haven't gotten. Anything else? Um, best person? I've got Most Handsome... Oh, Funniest! No. I've Smartest. Got, no. I've got Most Handsome, Most Popular, Best Smile. I like when he like does the brush his teeth thing. Mm-hmm. Best Moves, Best oh. Practical Joker, Coolest Locker... And most Ooh. likely to succeed. Okay, I missed the um, locker and the moves. Okay. Not bad. That's you did pretty, pretty not well. Bad. You did a good job. What does the dean have time to do now since Kevin is taking the lease renewal? Oh, shit. This is probably wrong. Did he say talk to a seamstress? He said go to the seamstress. I'll nice. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Good job. Uh, okay. What That's color? all my questions. Okay, I've got three left for you. Mm-hmm. What color are Magnitude's balloons? Pink and purple? No. What are you, colorblind? Blue and red. Ah. Like, they were all brown to me, just black and brown. <laughs> <laughs> what is the yogurt store called? Oh, Fro-Yo-Mama. Mm, nope. Yogurtsburg, which was a reference to the city of Pittsburgh, where several people from community are from. Wow. And finally... What does the acronym SPIDER stand for? Not even a guess. That's at the end, you know, when we see the blueprint for the big mechanical spider. Oh. Did you not even catch the big mechanical spider somehow? Steven? (laughs) Are you there? (laughs) Did I miss the intake? Uh, it, Dean Spreck, he's like talking about his, or is it, and then it shows his blueprint of a giant mechanical spider. I probably it's going to attack Greendale. Jesus Christ, Steven. Did you watch the episode this week? Uh, spider stands for... I said, what does spider stand for? And you said, <laughs> Spider stands for solar-powered infiltration, delivery, engagement, and recovery system. Mark two. Nice. Can't believe you didn't know that one. Let's move right I don't look past at spiders, this. Zach. I, I want you to look good, so let's just move right past it, all right? Let's just keep, let's just keep going. What did we get emailed in this okay, week? Okay, on the email train this week, uh, we've got two. Uh, this one is from our, our lovely, lovely daddy. Uh, Hi, guys. Sorry I missed last week. Clean living prevailed. What does that I mean? Don't, I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm really glad to hear it. He only watches he got when, off he, when he's smack, on. But yeah. <laughs> I guess he's right back on the I'm, wagon. I'm really – and he really binges on writing into our podcast when, he, when yeah. he's off it. 
His uh, his emails are very eloquent for. <laughs> well, I'm very curious to know what you mean by that, Dad. Yeah. Uh, I know this episode is divisive in the fandom, but I've always liked it. Andy Bobrow said at one point the finale would have a montage ending, and since this episode was the original finale, I assume the style would have continued, and I would have liked it. Uh, what do you MVP, mean? I, does he mean like the... This doesn't really have... The season finale? Anyway, keep. We'll just keep going. Just keep going. Forget I said anything. <laughs> Just keep My MVP is the Dean. Easily sold the idea that his awakening came from picking up Shirley's discarded nighty. That was funny. Have a great one, communities, Matt. I think he's saying that that this episode would have had a montage ending. Then it would have mm-hmm. been nice. That would have been it cute. Kept I guess with the style of the like comic yeah. book thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Um, trivia. What was Abed's first question? He asked her uh, if she dated. Have Robert, you ever dated Roger, Roger Ebert? Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Robert Lozier. <laughs> um, what? What did Annie balance with organization? The only one of that I remember was the Israeli folk dancing. Say that. And she one, said like say four or five things. One more time. What did Annie balance with organization, dedication, and drugs? I didn't say the dedication and drugs part before. I don't know. I, missed I don't it. know. <laughs> then is it just Israeli folk dancing? I, I don't ask me. Is it is it just Isra- it Israeli? I doubt it, but it might be. Um, three. What native group does Greendale sublet the land from? It was a Native uh, American nation. Yes. But I don't know which one. Did it start with an I? Was Maybe. it Israeli? Was it the Israeli folk dancers? <laughs> the. <laughs> I is three hundred three triplets, Zach? Um, okay, <laughs> the answers we got the nobody else ever heard. Yeah, uh, the first question that Abed asked was to Shirley if she dated Roger Egbert. Egbert. It's it's a pretty Ebert. easy name to say. <laughs> there's a G in it. There's not in in this email. There's a G in Roger. Sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ah, Roger Edgbert. There is. Uh, (laughs) Rogbert for short. Um, And then Annie balanced straight A's, extracurriculars, and Israeli folk dancing every Friday night. Mm. Um, And then it was the Arapaho Nation. Not the Israelis. Not not quite. Not quite. Think they're friends? I think Uh, we biffed it on that one real hard, buddy. (laughs) We nailed it. How's the next one going to go? Um, all right. Next email. The subject is BrittaFeetPicks.jpg. So you open know that I shit. Open, open this that one. Shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it says, oh, "Howdy, Stephen." Tim. It's Tam. from. It's from Tim Tam. Joe <laughs> Tim Tam, you trickster. Um, <laughs> Tim Tam said, "Howdy, Stephen. Your contribution to the group has already been noted, Zach. Your contribution has been noted." Does that mean I'm um, Pierce? Is that what that is? <laughs> is that what you say about Pierce? Oh, that's funny. I'm not um, Pierce. <laughs> I don't think you I'm know Pierce. stuff out here, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can't all be Britta dot feet picks at jpg dot blog. Um, Stop saying my Club Penguin username. <laughs> Trivia: Why was Star Wars re-released in 1982, and what mm. made it special? Um, was it already the edited version? In no, 19? no, that would have been. I don't know if that was 90s. It was five years after the first one came out, so I'm not sure. First one was 78. 
So it would have four been years before even the third one was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it have? Some, was it re-released because the last one was about to come out? Maybe. Do they say and that like, in the in the show? And maybe they. No, I don't think it has anything to do with community. Uh, yeah. But I. That's my thought because if maybe mm-hmm. because there wasn't as much home media that they yeah, would put so it back in the theaters before Return of the Jedi came out. Nice. That's my guess. Um. And it was special because that was the last or the best thing Jeff ever did with his dad. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Uh, what does Troy ask for after his supposed keg flip injury? Was it oh, almonds? Can I, get or... some, can I get some corn nuts? Corn nuts. That's what it was. Um, continuity error. What was hmm. Troy's original injury when he was introduced in season one versus what injury he receives here? He hurt his knee in this one, but I thought it was his shoulder. That must be what it was. That sounds mm-hmm. right. Um, outside the theater, Abed states that Phantom Menace is dumb because Chewbacca never said, Hey, Yoda, I know that guy. <laughs> How is Abed incorrect here? Okay, I will answer I the question to the correct answer. Okay, what's but going on I will answer also in defense of the show. Okay. Uh, Tim Tam is saying that Chewbacca would have known Yoda because 456 happened already. But that's not what Abed is saying. Abed's saying in episodes... Uh, oh wait, no, he's right. Abed, uh, Chewbacca and Yoda never meet in four, five, six. So Tim right. Tam's correct. So Abed's wrong. Would at least Chewbacca would certainly know of Yoda. Well, no, Yoda and Chewbacca fought side by side on Kashyyyk. Yeah. In episode three. Yeah. But in episodes four and five, where Yoda is, yeah, only Luke meets him. Never right. Chewbacca. Right. Yeah. Is there some like? Metal ceremony or something where they both appear. Yoda dies. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Sorry. I love Yoda. Yoda's my second favorite Star Wars character. Let's talk about community again. You want to know who <laughs> my favorite Star Wars character is, Zach? Who is it? Uh, Yaddle? Darth Maul from The Phantom Menace, the best of all the Star Wars. Uh, funniest moments. You're I had allowed a hamburger to like that, but day. you know that that just isn't true. It's not true. Yeah. Um, funniest moments. I had a hamburger the other day, and suddenly I'm not cold all the time. Is maybe my favorite really throwaway line, line the entire show. Yeah, I really laughed funny. so hard at that because Lily. Yeah. Lily used to be a vegetarian, and yeah. I just feel like that hit really hard. For real. Then also, this better not awaken anything in me is classic. Sure. Classic Dean line. Um, Heroic Origins is an interesting episode. It's really obvious that they knew the show was circling the cancellation drain as they're trying to backfill a bunch of character development at the last minute. It mostly works, too. Sure, it's a bit reductionist, but that's fine. It shows how far most of them have come from their pre-season one selves. Speaking of which, it was not, it was so great seeing Senior Chang again. Yeah. Not so great with the terrible Pierce cameo. Yeah, 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 talk about that. (laughs) Uh, all in all, the episode is an acceptable pin ultimate. Sorry, one. everyone's like, was even- that old guy Pierce? No, it wasn't. No, it was not. Uh, even if the if the tease with City College ends up fizzling out, there's lots of callbacks didn't and references. Even see that part, so you're good. <laughs> I saw his face. Um, it's fun to see the obvious love letter to the show's fans in the light of upcoming cancellation. Here's the thing: I don't. My eyes automatically avert from spiders, so I don't fool with that. Uh, MVP is hard. I don't think anyone was especially fantastic here, but I'm going to go with Britta. She feels way more season one here in a good way, and she's always good when she gets to portray the bleeding heart protester version of herself. 
paintball adjacent finale next week. That'll be fun to dissect. Then it's off to season five, which prior to this podcast, I'd have called my least favorite season. Whoa. At least after Troy leaves. Tim Tam Whoa. out. Yeah, Tim Tam, get out of here. I think um, there was answers. A time when I would have said season five was my favorite season. Ooh, okay, I, I, I like feel, this I don't know if I feel the other way. Okay, let's go. Uh, answers. It was the third time A New Hope had gotten a theatrical release, and okay. this time it was attached to a trailer for Revenge of the Jedi, the original name for Return of the Jedi. I was nice. close. Because I said it was probably because Re- uh, Return of the Jedi was about to come out, and it, it was for the trailer said. for it. I kind of said that, though. All right, Zach. You helped me, get, you helped me out with the year. Mm-hmm. But I said the thing about uh, it being when it came You out. win the day, Zachary. I, you got more Mark it down in the Steven, annals of just history. Just admit that your whole life being a Star Wars fan has led to this moment where I'm a better <laughs> Star Wars fan than you. You are because I said that I called episode 7, episode 9, 10, That's 11. Tr- that was f***ing funny. I was like, whoa, uh, I yeah. missed that one. <laughs> okay. Um, corn nuts. Dislocating both shoulders versus his football right. knee. Right. At no point in the original trilogy did Chewie right. meet or discuss Yoda. Luke didn't tell anyone why he was headed to Dagobah. Why couldn't they have just had him break his shoulders or dislocate his shoulders? It almost would have think been they funny forgot? if he does the flip and while he's like up on the thing, like there's like a crack and he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if something happens while he's like in the up position. That'd be funny. Thanks for that email. I can't Tim hear you. Tim. Me? I can't hear you. Is it me? It's you. It, it was me. When yeah. I did this, I pulled my cord up. Uh, what were you we've saying? been recording for. I haven't been able to hear you. The la- have you been talking for, <laughs> for the last thirty-one minutes? minutes <laughs> and Zachary has had me turned off in his ears this whole time. You've Everything been here? makes so much sense. <laughs> I didn't know you were here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, practicing everybody. Practicing banter. That was the end of the emails, right? Yeah. Stephen, how you feeling? Um, I don't think I'm going to do very well this week. It could be tough. It could be tough. Yeah. I'm Especially the- given the fact that I didn't watch the episode. Right. Clearly. Now you're going to like start it off. Be like, so there's definitely a spider. I got that part <laughs> for sure. <laughs> do I get okay. bonus points if I get the spider? We, 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 this is not, we've talked about how this game works and this is not how it works. There's no pre-discussion of how to get a good grade on this particular episode. What'll make you proud of me? Well, we'll all find out if Steven can make me proud as we find <laughs> out. Did Steven, Did watch Steven, the episode. Watch the this episode. This week. Week with spiders. All right, buddy. You've got the traditional 20 seconds on the clock. Anything you want to say to the people? Any apologies or shout-outs you want to make before Uh, we begin our journey? Sorry to the spiders out there. Yeah. You got to be a spider. Let's do this. Three, two, one, go. Abed's tracing back how they all met so that they could trace their heroic origins. Shirley and Jeff met because Chef got the... Got the stripper off who slept with Shirley's husband, and then Abed and, uh, got the kids in trouble. And then Annie and Troy went to the same high school and Annie did a lot of drugs, and she caused Troy to break his shoulder, even though Troy made her lose her mind and do drugs. Stop. Uh, Pierce. Okay, so the part where you called Jeff Chef doesn't help. <laughs> I just imagine Joel McHale you know, coming Chef in Winger. like, oh, hello, children. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Winger. Uh, you really tried to squeeze a lot in your last couple seconds once I made it very clear that you were doing poorly. Uh, but I don't know, man. 
And Abed gets in trouble with the kids? <laughs> Abed gets the kids in trouble. Um, I didn't get a lot about... Uh, what did I not get? I didn't, Britta. I didn't say Yeah, Britta's that's what name. I was thinking. You didn't get a lot about Britta. Uh, for an episode that's about connections, there was very little connectivity to what you just said. I think that's a Thanks, RuPaul. C. See, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you expecting worse? I I don't know what I was expecting. I don't expect anything. <laughs> That's probably for the best. I expect the unexpected. And for the last thing, let's talk about our favorite funny moments. I wrote down two things. One had been mentioned before. I loved the line, I ate a hamburger a couple days ago, and yeah. all of a sudden I don't feel cold anymore. And then the last one when it's the big serious moment at the end and Troy says, you were out there somewhere and you weren't looking for me. There were <laughs> quite a funny. few good Troy moments, but that one was my favorite. Yeah, Troy was really funny in this one. Um, I put, of course, that this better not awaken anything in me just because that one's a really funny line. More so, less the line itself, but more when the Dean just picks it up and like holds it up for a second. I think that's really funny. Um, and then Abed ripping on the Phantom Menace to the, yeah. the strangers in the line is really funny. When he's like, I just go where it's going to play and warn people. That's really funny. Let's get into talking about this episode. It. It's a weird episode to talk about. I don't know if I totally agree with Taylor that this episode... I don't exactly feel like this episode's all of a sudden trying to wrap up a bunch of things to get ready for the show to end. It just mm -hmm. kind of feels like a little prequel episode where we find... Because, I mean, everything leads up to the pilot. It's just a cool little, like right before the pilot episode. I like it, but I don't know... The pilot? Yeah, because everything kind of leads up to the pilot. No, in this episode, everything in the past oh, kind okay. of leads I see to the pilot of the community. I was thinking that just like this episode, particularly them learning about it, led to the pilot. And I was like, what? But I, I understand no, now, Zach. No, no, I that... clearly was three paces behind you, Capitan. However, there's a long stretch for like... Annie in this episode to Annie in the pilot of Community when yeah. they try to make it seem pretty close to whenever that would happen in the in the end. I don't know. I think this is a cool episode. Um, a couple of the connections do seem pretty fabricated, uh, and I don't exactly feel like we learn anything new about the characters that really uh, 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 shades them in deeper. If anything, it's just fun to see Troy be Jock Troy again. Yeah. It's fun to see Annie with the braces. It's fun to see Britta with her and her kists. Uh, this episode reminds me of the last, of the episode before Last of Glee. Did you watch the last season of Glee? I did not. The episode before last is like them all playing themselves from the first season. Oh, and shit. it's like right before the pilot. The episode's, like, called 2000-whatever, and it's, like, wow. about them all, like, getting ready to audition for the Glee Club, and it becomes, like, this thing that's, like, a tribute to Corey Monteith, who had died, and how they all, like, mm -hmm. love Finn so much. Uh, this episode reminded me of that, and I'm always down to talk about some Glee. What did you think about Heroic Origins? It wasn't bad No, at it all, wasn't. But I don't think it was particularly, like, special in any way. Like, yeah. I think it was fine. It, I, I give this one like a dead in the middle episode in terms of the community standards, not in terms of regular television because it's obviously and not even than in average. terms of season four. Yeah, do you think it's better than? Do you think it's better than middle of season four? I think it might be yeah, like the top a little of the, bit. It might be like the top of the middle for me. I'd say that's probably about where I have it. I 
I just think this episode, I mean, it was good. I, I enjoyed and I appreciate what they did here. And I think that it was a cool idea. It I wasn't think totally the, thought out. No, the comic book thing for me is kind of like every time they cut to commercial, I remembered or whatever. It almost but felt like something that wasn't a part of the script. It felt like something that was added in as they were editing the episode. And it might have been, yeah. which makes it feel... I don't know. There's nothing really about the episode, even though it's about their origin story. There's but nothing there's like nothing superhero origins about it, other and than the quilt isn't other comic than book. Abed like talking about uh, Uncle Ben being murdered and that yeah. kind of thing. How he's like the comic book villain, but that's like grasping for straws to turn this into a comic book episode off of a couple lines of dialogue. Yeah, I thought of it like, and I guess he he mentions Unbreakable, but Unbreakable is like based on a comic. But is it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's M. Night Shyamalan. I imagined it was just his. No, so there is like a comic about it because that's where the guy, uh, not Jeff Gordon, uh, who's the guy that plays? Bruce Willis? No, in um, the next one they made, the guy from Glass? Uh, Split Personalities. Oh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. His character is... Is also based from the comics? Yeah. Interesting. Let's dive into this episode. Let's talk about it. I never saw Glass. Should I have seen Glass? Was it good? I didn't see Glass yet. I would like to. I really liked... Um, I've never seen Unbreakable, actually. Unbreakable's good. I've seen Split. I, really I like Split, Split a lot. Split was good. The line that opens the episode, Abed, I like it. The mm-hmm. <laughs> That is just, Shirley, did you ever date Roger Ebert? Excuse me? Nothing. <laughs> this is, I thought um, this was a good Shirley episode. I do think this is a good Shirley episode. In fact, I don't think any character other than the obvious Pierce is left out in this episode that's about how they all intersect with each other. But at the same time, that's kind of an issue of the episode because they don't spend enough time on any one character to really do something with them. But it is nice that, like, it'd be easy for them to leave out Shirley or to even leave Mm -hmm. out Britta or Annie or someone. Yeah. Or Jeff, even, in the snare. I'm glad that they gave each one their due diligence in this episode. Yeah. I could have... I don't know. This is one of those times where... But we've got to do that report. I can't believe Cornwallis is doing this. This is one of those times where I could have done without that. Did you ever see the first episode of Two and a Half Men with Ashton Kutcher after Charlie Sheen was off the show? Jesus Christ, what a weird call. And yes, yes, I Okay, you know when they're like, well, he died driving a car off the cliff. So he's gone now. I feel like that's what they're doing, shitting on Pierce that he's not around. They're like saying... Oh, well, he's gone because he gave a kidney to somebody, and he was disappointed that it wasn't like this type of thing because he sucks. Yes, uh, and it's even weirder because in that situation, Charlie Sheen had left the show very publicly. Mm-hmm. In this situation, when they wrote this episode, Chevy Chase is still one of the series regulars on Community. Yeah. In fact, the creator of the show was fired to leave room for Chevy. Yeah. Uh, so it makes it even a, a degree stranger that... That there's this shit talking. Now, it Pierce is that curmudgeon already. It's not mm-hmm. like there's this huge 180 now that Pierce isn't actually on screen. But it does seem pointed now that, yeah. now that there's clearly something going on. And I don't know if I would have caught it the same way if I didn't know about what was happening off screen. But in this episode especially, it's very, very clear that they do not like, at the very least, Pierce as a I feel like... Character. When I watched these episodes when they aired, I knew that before this season, it was like Dan or Chevy. 
and mm-hmm. then Dan left and Chevy stayed. I don't think I knew about the stuff that went on behind the scenes on this season. Yeah. So I think this episode did stand out to me in that way more than an episode like the puppet episode, and specifically mm-hmm. because of a moment that we'll get to at the end of the episode. It makes yeah. it so obvious. They like try to let Pierce be there when he's not there, and all of a sudden you're like, well, whoa, why is it not Chevy? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So Abed has brought this concept to the table who are trying to study to no avail that he has been linking the way they all connect to each other leading to the origins of their group. Kind of uh, almost implying that there's fate between all of them and that they've all been interconnected in ways more than just ending up at the same school in the same study group. And I do kind of like that idea. That is yeah. kind of an interesting idea. It's kind of like that, you know, obviously they take it in a more conceptual route. But, you know, it's that thing they did on Friends where everybody almost slept with each other, like, in the past because they all had met before at different times and didn't realize it. That's the other thing this episode made me think of. It reminded me a little bit of Friends, the one that almost was. Yeah, which I that's one of my favorite episodes of Friends. I disagree just because I don't care about it because it's not real. And in a way Mm -hmm. that I don't think it – like, I've – I could probably go on, I won't, but I could probably go on a thing about why it's not really funny to keep putting Courtney Cox in a fat suit and, yeah. and stuff like that. In fact, to tie that into community, they talked on the commentary about how going into this episode, I'm sure this is part of why three people are credited to it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty important to them to take everything that was said previously as gospel and to apply it to this. Yeah. Now, we've thought of a couple of things where they didn't get it, like the injury. The other <laughs> yeah. thing is that in the past, they mentioned that Annie was overweight in the past. Mm-hmm. And they almost included that in this episode. We mm. almost got an Allison Brie in a fat suit. And thankfully, one of the – there were two female writers credited, and I, I don't know which one was which from the audio commentary – uh, but one of them said that she was like, I don't think we should do that. And yeah, that's going to be one of the funny. things that we're going to ignore. And I think yeah. that's to the best of the show. Even though I have my issues with some of the stuff they do with Annie in this episode. We'll get into mm. that later. I like the moment when Jeff is uh, calling out that – or he's implying that there are only a few sane people at the table. And then he looks well, he at all the people at the table. Of- he said that they have lives. And he looks at all of them and like – uh, counts them out one by one. I love the part where Troy's like, yeah, trying to get chosen, and Jeff's no, it's not me. That's a cute moment. Mm-hmm. Th- that's for not being in the flashbacks yet. That feels like a season one kind of moment. Mm-hmm. I even like the moment where Britta is trying to compare what's going on to something she knows, and she says a French film title really over mm-hmm. the top and silly. I thought Gillian delivered that really well. Yeah, Blue Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> rogue that's not what i thought she said at rouge. all rouge blue blue blanc rouge let me hear yours <laughs> you speak some french or are are uh more not like fluent in french but are more familiar with french than most people are yeah. uh how, how let's hear your take on it blue blanc rouge now let's hear it with a little stank on it blue blanc rouge <laughs> oh the head bob that was kind of <laughs> that kind of felt like like someone in the deep south. Yeah, that was someone like. Supposed to. That was, hey, that was Jenny, more <laughs> have we watched the Blue Blanc Rouge yet? Now come on down here, Let's down on court ass man, man, got the Blue Blanc Rouge. Now you sound like Boomhauer. Go Tigers, King of the Hill. <laughs> man, I'm coming up with the Blanc Rouge, man. 
I like at least that this uh, opening scene does a good job of setting up and then moving on with what this episode's going to be about. They don't really try to do too much going on in the present in this episode. Yeah, it's a pretty quick... There's no, like, well, we cut back to the study room where this is happening because of what's happening. There are the moments where they kind of get get jabby with each other or, or are more invested in the story. But I think it's to the credit of the episode that we spend little of it there and more of it on the flashbacks. Something the elephant in this episode, perhaps, since there's no Chevy watch, is this is the the great culmination of the Changnesia storyline. And yeah. I definitely forgot going into this episode that that's how this ends. I did not remember much from this episode apart from the, like, intertitles, the little comic book moments. I didn't mm. remember much about what happened in the flashbacks or, like, how yeah. they were reconnected to each other. What do you think about Chang in this episode? Let's talk first about Chang in the present um, before we talk about Chang in the past. I'm not a huge fan of the faking it Chang thing because I think it's not super believable. What I yeah. do like is I think that the scene um, towards the, the end of the episode with yeah. Abed is pretty good. We'll get there. I don't like... Ken like... Jong does a good job this episode, like always, but... I don't like very much at all the... Uh, Chang and Dean Spreck City College plot that's going yeah. on here. Uh, it def it never ever feels like the show had a clear plan for this storyline, and it also never feels like they have a very inspired culmination for the storyline. To mm -hmm. the point where the I don't think it's just Steven's fault that the episode ends with this thing that feel that's supposed to be like something big's going to happen of this but no it's not and like yeah. you're not missing it. you know what i mean like i don't think it's really your fault that it didn't stick the landing there it didn't hold you to it at that at that point and so these scenes before the theme song of chang talking on the cell phone and being like oh i figured it out we're going to on the anniversary of my empire's destruction i didn't need all this i'm not here yeah. for all this i also don't think the last line before the like thing is funny enough. Before like yeah, the he's using the voice song? changer. That's that's funny, I guess. But the then show he goes, that has just nailed that that what? makes everyone else look like cheap in comparison. Brooklyn Nine Nine knows how to have a joke that cuts right into their theme song seamlessly, mm -hmm. and they do it like more episodes than they don't, and it works out really well. This one doesn't even end with a line. It's him like looking weird at the at the phone while well, the guy says Sky Mall. Yeah, then... but it's not it's not really that funny. Yeah. It's not really that funny. <laughs> it's just not. But we get our theme song, and then we'll get into the uh, flashbacks of it all. Were you... Do you feel anything about seeing Dean Spreck again this episode? Is he a no. face that you're like, oh, it's the... What's City College up to this week? You don't not feel even that a way? little bit. Mm -mm. City College is one of those things that... In the first couple seasons, it was a pretty cool idea that communities just, or the community, the Greendale's just this underdog school, and the city college is always kind of pushing them down. Like yeah. the space bus, where they want to get the first space simulator, but all Greendale can get is the Kentucky Fried Chicken thing. Yeah. I don't that's funny. like that. I Why would City College want to take down Greendale? I feel like I think that chumps. It They're nothing goes too to them. far when City College is like painted as this, like, super powerful like has a lot of money like stuff like that i mean it's that still can be true and it is still a college i just don't get why they would be pitted against greendale that's so small yeah but that's, that's what really i'm saying is if they really them. had that much resources and funds yeah. as a community college why would they give a shit about yeah this joke school you're right and 
you're taking me back even to where I wasn't quite sure why I don't like the season two paintball finale as much as the first season. And mm-hmm. maybe it's the whole City College of it all. I don't really yeah. like that it's like City College against the school. I like City College as this like unspoken villain. I like when Dean Spreck walks in and has like that weird sexy energy with Dean Melton. Yeah. I like the Space Bus episode when when Greendale's trying to trying to stand up strong in city college's shadow but always fall short i don't mm-hmm. like the war uh, i guess i guess that's what i'm what i'm what i'm finding no war peace abed reveals his map of the way that they have all interconnected and we don't get a good enough shot to really pull into it but i i think it's probably really detailed mm-hmm. knowing the, these people the now that would be the- a cool poster to have it would be a cool poster. The loom of destiny, or the uh, the quilt, quilt of destiny. The loom, I like that too. The loom of fate is what uh, you wanted to call it. The inside cover of the season four DVD is like inspired by this. Oh, that's cool. But it's like all the episode titles and stuff. Mm. I like how they had the touch of making Jeff's hair down in this, and for him yeah. to have some stubble. I think that's why later on, when we see flashback Jeff, he really looks like season one Jeff. They have his hair up, and he has his face clean shaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a smart choice. What's going on here? What's the dirt that Abed has on Jeff that gets he him has a movie to be less ticket that Jeff keeps in his right, wallet? Right, the Star Wars movie ticket mm-hmm. that was uh, uh, the only good memory that Jeff had with his dad. But it doesn't really apply to him and the rest of the study group, does it? No, it was way before. Yeah, I wonder why Abed went back that far. Because this know. only goes back to two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. I would have almost been interested in a version of this episode that goes back f- way farther than that. Yeah. I think it would have been tough to stay in one time just because some of the characters are so much younger. Mm-hmm. First thing we get, we get that little comic book. I like the sound effects whenever we get the comic book thing mm-hmm. when it like stutters on a line. I think that's cool. And then it focuses on, even though the comic book thing's a little pointless, but it focuses on an animated image that becomes what we really see. And the first thing we're going to get is Annie and then Troy in high school. Let's mm-hmm. tear apart this plot line. What do you think about seeing these characters? What do you think about where they are at this point? Um, uh, do I you think- like it? These are two characters that I like a lot, and I think they've strayed away from that they do have a connection. They haven't really mentioned it in a long time. And, and they, they don't certainly really strayed away from where the character of Annie came from. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think it's nice to remember that they went to high school together, and she at least was very aware of who he was. Definitely. Um, I, I also think that we get a little bit of a, like, peek at at annie at this time I and mean, she's standing in front of a locker adderall. practicing her um valedictorian speech and popping adderall at her locker so you know it's a very different annie than we have today we've always think, heard of annie having this break and we're seeing yeah. annie really tense and pre-break mm-hmm. pretty close to it although i like seeing this side of annie because it's something that they stray away from so often I don't really like the way that they portray Annie's pill-taking in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it's a really serious issue, and I also feel like it's a really meaty issue that an observational comedy could get a lot out of, especially when it's like something that deepens the history of one of their characters. Yeah. Instead, they just have her jitter and take pills the entire episode, and that's kind of it. There's no real comment on the pill-taking. There's no real, like... I don't know. It, it just feels kind of cheap. It feels kind of exploitive to me. I can't quite put my finger on why, but I don't really like seeing it. I don't really like them showing her take all the pills and then yeah, because that's a, a joke. Yeah, because that what is a think? serious thing. 
and especially the the rate that she's you know constantly every time something happens she's popping a pill it's a missed opportunity i think yeah and they're taking and they're taking it you know making it appear very very serious which it was i think so but then they're i don't know well, if i'm I saying they're, they're saying, saying they're that her problem that she had was serious because she's okay. like, she's popping pills every five seconds yeah you know but they don't do anything serious with it that's what i'm saying I love all that we get of Troy in high school yeah. in this episode because Troy in the beginning of the show was a very different character. Mm-hmm. I see the line from that Troy to our Troy now. I don't think it's a bad change of character at all, but it's fun and jarring to all of a sudden see this Troy back in the days of uh, your your team's Al Gore because your views are wrong. This Troy who is very into pop culture references of its time. Yeah. And he comes in quoting There Will Be Blood. And he's like, ah, oh, man, that'll get old. That'll never get old to his posse. And he says, you should hear my Juno. Uh, Troy, and I'm sure a lot of this <laughs> really is Donald funny. ad-libbing. But Troy has yeah. so many funny little jabs throughout this episode that are like, it's 2008. <laughs> Troy and Annie have a little moment here where Annie offers to tutor him and Troy turns it down because he doesn't care about math. He just cares about statistics. Exactly. Yeah. Jock Troy is very funny. Very funny. And Donald falls into it. Donald feels like Troy really here. Mm -hmm. Then it's cool cutting to Annie now when we get back to the study room because she does just look older. Yeah. In they her face and everything. They do a great job of aging her down and of aging her ahead. Or, you know, she she looks older. They yeah. did a great job of that. One thing I was a little confused at when it's touched on their connection and it comes back to the study group. And Annie's like, Troy doesn't even remember me. And Troy's like, yeah, probably not. Just move past that. What was so personal that wasn't already common knowledge Because here? he didn't want to bring up the fact that he blames Annie for him faking his injury or whatever. Because of what she told him. Okay, but I, I was just thinking... He wants to like, avoid conflict. Sure, but I was just thinking, everybody already knows that he faked the thing, I think. Doesn't yeah. everybody already know that he faked it and that he didn't really... That yes, which Annie says later on is that everyone, we already knew that. And he's like, but you didn't know it was because of what you said to me. I, okay, yeah. That, that's one of the things in this episode where what they do tracks, but I just don't buy that that's that big of a deal. Yeah, sure. Or that... I don't exactly buy that these little interactions that they're having in the past would really, like, make Troy try to break his shoulders or legs or whatever. Yeah. I do like the sticky note when they're like, what about Pierce? And it's like, Pierce Hawthorne, fixture at Greendale, unavoidable. I didn't need the thing at the end of the episode. That's all I need. This idea that Pierce, it doesn't matter. He has always been at Greendale. He will always be at Greendale for now. And uh, he, if you are there, you will run in contact with him. I think that's funny. Well, I feel like that could have also been a little jab at, at Chevy. You know, he's a series regular, so they have to keep him there for now. Yeah. He's, he's unavoidable. Yeah, that's fair. Abed looking through <laughs> Shirley's stuff and finding out information and Shirley being turned off by that. But Abed was just cold and took her socks and was like, here they are. You should watch these. There's some funny <laughs> bits in this episode. There's some good yeah. old community writing in this one. Abed brings together that something occurred that led to them all being at the mall at the same day, which is interesting. And uh, even though you kind of have to let your let your rational thinking go to, to believe all of this, I do like the idea of them all meeting together at one place that kind of holds yeah. this episode together. And it starts with Shirley, who made a purchase for $54 at the Love Hut. 
Uh, and we, I we get a flashback to Shirley. Love Shirley. Yeah. how they do 2008 Shirley. Yeah, so I love funny. her hair. She's got the, the Obama, Obama Biden shirt. shirt. Absolutely. And this episode is, as far as the past is concerned, again, I don't think what we learn about the characters is enough to to justify everything mm-hmm. that we do, but it is really fun and interesting to see the characters at this point in their life. And yeah. I think of all of the characters, Shirley is the most interesting to see totally. as her marriage is about to fall apart. Uh, I think they get good mileage out of that, and I'm really glad that they didn't give her the the short straw. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that Yvette does such a great job of like reacting in the present as well to the things in the past, and I think when she feels hurt or embarrassment, yeah. I think she does a good job of portraying those. Yeah, she does. Even though she's not actually seeing the flashback right now, right? I think that's just good acting. Yeah, that she's you know reacting as if she just did. So it's great. My other thought, if I'm going to nitpick this episode a little bit, is why for Abed to explain all their connections, does he need to explain, like, Annie and Choi talking to each other in the hallway? Yeah. Because I don't think Abed puts together that what Annie said to Choi made him fake the thing. Just I don't think so either. People were at the same place at the same time. Uh, of course they were in the high school. Uh, you know what I mean? How does he mm-hmm. get all that? And why do we need to see all that? Yeah. Of course it's because it's an episode of a show and... They're, they're trying to build up to something, and they're showing us where it came from. But as far as this being a story that Abed is telling to the group, that stood out to me. Totally. There is a tiny, tiny subplot in the present here with Kevin being trusted by the dean with a piece of mail that that uh, extends the lease on the school. That's what he says, right? Lease? Yeah. It extends their lease on the school so it doesn't get turned into a, a casino, which isn't the best of uh, uh, indigenous people's jokes. No, that was not the best. But uh, so it reminds me of Job on Arrested Development being entrusted to mail a letter and then he yeah, throws it into the throws sea. Throws it into the sea. <laughs> uh, Kevin is Chang and Chang is trying to get this uh, dirt to to City College and Dean Spreck. So he's in charge of this lease now and he it can be in his hand whether or not Greendale uh, continues as a school or not. I like that they didn't build up some contrived thing that's literally just a simple, we have to mail this to extend our lease. Mm-hmm. There's no big plot. It's just if he doesn't mail this letter, they'll close the school. Yeah. And I think that it's funny that Chang, as part of his mission, has been, like, delivering or do, doing the mail forever, like, this whole time, just because waiting for something. And I think it's believable that this is the first thing in however long he's been doing this that Greendale would actually be mailing that's important. <laughs> sure. Back in the study room, Abed is trying to piece all of this together and how they all ended up in the mall on the same day and shows a picture of Britta at a, uh, at a protest with her former anarchy group the anarchists <laughs> right and yeah. it's pointed out jeff is in the picture you can see jeff's arm that's a cool little thing yeah for, i like that like a, a bit and then we cut to the past we see season one lawyer jeff, totally who is defending the stripper that went on to cheat with andre on shirley mm-hmm. Uh, and we get a cameo from Brooklyn Nine-Nine's Charles Boyle, Joe Lo Truglio. Love him. I really like him. This came. This episode aired just a few months before Brooklyn Nine-Nine started. So nice. I didn't know who he was at the time. But now I, I absolutely knew who he was and was really excited. Yeah, I just saw him in an episode of New Girl I was watching. Nice. He's also, really funny. I, I think he's so funny. 
Always got to shout out Wet Hot American Summer, which is a really yeah. funny movie that he's a part of and a TV show as well. That he's I never watched of. the show, but you said the show was really funny, right? It's ridiculous. It's so funny. Yeah, I think the movie's great. However, I think it's very obvious that Joe Lotruglio is here because Rob Corddry couldn't be. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or, I, if we're thinking deeper, is the idea then that this is the guy that Jeff thought ratted on him, which ended up actually being Rob Corddry? Um, you know what I mean? Because there's the lawyer episode. Didn't Jeff already know it was Rob Corddry, though? Not, ooh, you're right. No, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. That's the only reason why I thought maybe it would. And Jeff acts like he knows lawyer. who it is in this episode. But that's why, I'm, does he think it's this guy? Maybe. Or does he say that he thinks it's Alan? He, they don't mention He doesn't Alan say Alan's episode. name. Let's talk about Britta's punk look. That wig they put on her is just a travesty. Not good. I said to Lil while we were watching it, like, usually Gillian Jacobs in this kind of getup would, like, be working a number on me, but mm-hmm. it was just very false. Uh, yeah. It, it Not the best together. done costume Even in the show. group of comrades, I don't believe that these people are friends with each other. <laughs> no. It feels it, it rings very false, but it is a cool way to get all the characters together and to see the mm-hmm. characters at a different point in their lives where Britta would be very anti a guy like Jeff and they end up having sex with each other. Yeah. Britta suggests that they take this further and that they protest animal rights and go against an animal treatment center and the rest of her group are out. They're sick of it. Their phase is over. They've had hamburgers. <laughs> They've seen the light. They're not cold anymore. So Britta's on her own. Poor Britta. I have a question, Zach. Yeah. Is that a wig or is that like digital coloring? I why Steven, why would they do that? Now it later looks on that they bad. did digitally glitter somebody in this episode. No, that's rough. That was bad. But <laughs> we'll this looks that. so bad that I it think does it, look it bad. might be digital, right? Huh. I think that's got to be a wig with those colors. If anything, maybe they like they wanted to brighten it. the colors. That's I what don't it looks know, like man. they did. Like, <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> that hair did not come out of <laughs> Gillian Jacobs' head ever. And like the nose, it's not even her hairstyle at all. I kind of like the nose chain. Like it's egregious, but I that is like something I could buy that Brita would wear something so over the top to like make maybe. people stare at her. And like the hair, it's not the way that the hair looks. It's not that Brita wouldn't color no. her hair and have a style like that. It's that it is just a really just shitty wig job yeah. on blonde <laughs> Gillian Jacobs. That's a botch job. <laughs> Back in the study group. So the big revelation there was not that Brita's got a shitty wig. It's no. that Jeff was the <laughs> lawyer. We talked about it. It was the lawyer for the stripper that, that, that Andre cheated on Shirley with. This is a little contrived that, like, sure, Shirley would be upset because you're always upset when you find out someone's connected to a part of your trauma that you didn't know. But, like, come on. I don't think it's – there's always that narrative of when a husband cheats that it's the person he cheated on with's fault for being this, like, Mm -hmm. Jezebel temptress. When, no, it's that your weak-ass husband uh, went and slept with somebody. Uh, I agree. It's, it's not on the it's not on the girl usually, right? Yeah. So I don't really like this narrative that Shirley is mad at Jeff because if Jeff had gotten this girl in jail, uh, Andre never would have cheated. That doesn't matter. Andre had this in his heart. Andre would have cheated regardless. regardless. Or you know. if if he w- and now they're back together, so that part doesn't matter. 
But uh, and I guess especially Shirley could be upset because she's put this part of her life behind her as she and, and so now she's got reminded together. of this girl. I just feel it's it's a, it's a weird thread to pull. I I think maybe Andre wouldn't have cheated that night, but I think the fork in their relationship would have caused that crack. Yeah, uh, maybe years, decades down the line, and maybe it's for the better that it happened then, so they could part and find each other again in a stronger way. You know. Yeah, uh, I, it, it's a cool way to tie them together because I do believe that Jeff would be that girl's lawyer. I believe that that mm-hmm. Jeff would be like a what do you a civil well, you public know, the defender? Public defender. I believe that he would be a public defender. That is a hot shot, but like he faked his law degree. He's not working mm-hmm. for like a company. You know, he's he's a public defender probably, and that girl would be uh, well canonically. Zachary. He was working for the firm. I know he was working for the firm. But uh, as we see in like Better Call Saul, sometimes you'll do both. Mm. Or yeah, I believe right. that – or if you want to take that route, I believe that even if he was like the hot shot who can like weasel his way out with his words at the firm. Yeah, he wasn't at, at like the he's top not of at the, the top his, of the firm. Yeah, at all. He's getting like the lower level clients that are like calling in off of commercials and stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Do you think Jeff was in the commercials? No. No. But season be. five starts with a Jeff Winger attorney commercial. Oh, that's true. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's like him like fighting a robot. I'm excited yeah. for season five. I am too. I like season five. Yeah. We're getting real close to the end of it. Next week, we finish season four, and then we've got the round table, and then we're on the last... Dan Harmon's back, thank God, and we're on yeah. the last two seasons of Community. Wow. This season's gone by really fast. I know it was our first short one, but... Yeah. Abed puts a nice button on the situation. See, Jeff and Shirley's marriage. I knew we were destined to meet <laughs> each other. Leaving it all awkward. And I do believe more so than in the puppet episode that this would be an awkwardness that lingers for a little bit. Oh, yeah. That makes it a little awkward for them to be around each other. But Abed is really excited about this because he's filling in plot holes and, and he's uh, uh, coming closer to why they were all in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. But Shirley is upset, like Abed often doesn't understand, because yeah. sure, it's just a story that he's putting together, but no, it's not really. This is Shirley's life. This is Shirley's marriage. This is Shirley's uh, uh, trauma. Well, and she's having to relive. Yeah. Yeah. I like how that kind of builds to the Abed seeing himself as a I do, too. Arc. And I, I also think that it was... You know, this is constantly building on Shirley here because even just remembering that she spent money on lingerie that she didn't get to use and then that same, you know, night was when she was cheated on. Yeah. That, and even before, I think that's why she got extra upset that Jeff was Misty's defender was because she was already thinking about it that she hadn't and it just keeps piling and piling. And Abed is definitely egging that on. Yeah. One of my biggest complaints about this episode is that both in the present and the past, I feel like there should be a stronger Abed thread here. Like, if they're going to make it that Abed's the villain, he should, like, really cross the line and not have had a part with. They kind of sneak in later that he, you know, tells the doctor that Annie stole his prescription pad. But other than that, he has no connection to the other. Yeah, and the the Abed with the kids storyline. And even, like, it's nice to see Abed's dad again, which we'll get to in a little bit, but it doesn't. He's the character that does kind of get the short stick out of all of this. Mm -hmm. The other thought I just had while we were talking about that, a lot of people talk about after Pierce leaves that Community doesn't really have a villain, and Pierce is really an important character because he can be the villain of episodes like the the D&D episode. Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. I feel like if they had gone a slightly different route, 
Abed could have been just as lovable and also been that villain. He could have been that character that creates that tension because of his... Because of episodes like the Dreamatorium one where sometimes he just gets lost in his head and can hurt other people. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that, though, because that would have required Abed to have a lot less growth than he is supposed to have in the show. I'm not saying they could have... I'm not saying that they had to make him a villain and keep it. They could have led that to, like, his final ultimate growth, you know? Just like I wish Pierce would have had some growth, but didn't sure. really. Uh, I don't know. I'm just – that was just a thought that I had. I don't know if there's anything to that. We should rewrite Community. Let's do it. Episode one, re-repilot. Eight minutes into the episode, Jeff having champagne with the stripper and uh, talking with – Charles Boyle about what has uh, gone on. This is about where I started to tune out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the the pacing kind of slows here a little bit. What's going on here? She makes a joke about going to do cocaine in the bathroom, and then... Uh, Joe Lotruglio is talking about how people are starting to whisper that Jeff doesn't actually have his degree. Mm-hmm. And are they implying that Jeff thinks this is the guy that's jealous and is going to say no, something? No, I say, don't think so. I, but he's kind of saying it in like an aloof way. I want the show to be smarter than what it is. I think that would have made sense why this guy isn't Rob Corddry. But I'm pretty sure Jeff knew going into the episode with Rob Corddry that it was him who outed him. Because Jeff know. says something to him about it. I don't rem- I don't remember how that plays out, but I'm not a hundred percent on board with the Jeff knew at the beginning of the episode. I think you might find it out in that episode, mm. which is why I'm thinking before that he thought it was someone else, and maybe it was this guy. But I don't know. That all maybe I need to rewatch Accounting for Lawyers, or maybe someone just needs to tell us. Yeah, someone should on. tell us. I don't like that episode very much, so I don't want to rewatch ep- it. Whoa, that's a good episode. That's not the uh, uh, Shirley and Troy. Or no, Annie, Troy, and Abed chloroform a guy and then themselves. Yeah, I like that part. That's a good episode. Drew Carey has a hole in his hand, drops a quarter through it. Yeah. That's a good one. Not my fave. Okay. Uh, So now I'm back at the study group. They're all kind of fighting with each other. They're all upset now. Uh, Jeff is rightfully kind of upset at Shirley here, even though I get what you're saying, why Shirley is worked up and emotional about this. But Mm -hmm. I kind of get why Jeff would, like, pull back a little because... It's not Jeff's fault. And also, he's a lawyer. He does what he's assigned, and he has to be impartial to the situation, and he didn't know Shirley at the time. Sure. Troy being the voice of reason and saying that he likes that they're all uh, connected, even even though some of it's in bad ways. But then he undercuts Annie in the next sentence and implies that Annie ruined Troy's high school experience, which we'll we'll find out in the next flashback. Uh, This is when Troy injures himself. We get the flashback of the keg flip. Which is great. I feel like there's some awkward uh, uh, stunt double cutting in this. Like that Whoa. shot, that shot when he comes up on the chair and like, oh, you know, it yeah. feels like disconnected from the rest of it. What a weird continuity error. They must have just not remembered that they had mentioned how specifically he had hurt himself. Yeah, they, which is a weird thing to not remember. Because if you remember how and you like watch that episode to like check, then you would yeah. have heard them say... But Troy did that because what Annie said to him about him not being special or what what did Annie say that that stirred him so much specifically? 
Because I think that's coming up late because she really it comes goes up off after the rails after he wins all the awards. But what did she say specifically that made him do this? I don't even remember exactly well, what it was. Because it was when they spoke in the beginning and all they talked about was math and how uh, he mm-hmm. needed a tutor. And so, I don't know. Interesting. It's 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 right after this scene. After she like freaks out about the yeah. award, she like chews him out and runs through a glass window. I want to talk about this. We're at a high school party. There's, it's like a kegger. There are people making out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annie's there popping pills. Why are they handing out awards to their peers? Because this is the official senior party. But Zach, Steven, don't is... you remember in high school we no. all got together at the most well, popular and studious not, person's house? I did house, not get that invite. And and we went through our senior well, I don't superlatives think this is and there were tiny balloons. Did I house? say the you said the most studious? I said the most popular and studious. It's the combo. <laughs> Clearly, uh, I don't think that I think this, the superlatives are announced at school or at a school event, not at some girl's house by some girl while everyone's underage drinking. You clearly didn't go to high school, Zach. <laughs> well, I didn't. And that's true. I stopped at fourth grade. I was like, I've had enough. I've seen it all. <laughs> so, yeah, they hand out all the awards. Uh, this storyline, th- some of these storylines I wish could have gotten a whole episode. Because we just don't get enough of it to sure. really be anything but kind of silly, you know? Troy gets handed all these ridiculous awards, and everyone's really happy for him. Donald does some great uh, ad-libbing off of the awards that he's given. Annie just keeps popping those pills. I don't like watching this part. It makes me a little uncomfortable. Uh, but when she is really upset that she doesn't get uh, most likely to succeed because she's worked so hard and Troy hasn't, and she goes so crazy because of it, that she, uh, wait, I'm confused. She's about to chew him out now, Zach. But Steven, I, I'm confused. Are we now, this is before Troy does the flip? Yes. Again? yes. So we saw him do the flip and then we went again before he did the flip? Yes, because they left and they went back. I don't like that. <laughs> I get it because he says, but wait this. And they're like, now another. But in an episode that's already filling in all this. those gaps, they yeah. should have kept the storyline in order. That's why I was confused with what did Annie say? Obviously, it's here when she freaks out now. But wait, no, because why would they keep having the party and he do a keg flip after a girl's run through a glass window? What's going on in this timeline? They're in high school, Zach. They're not worried about a window. They don't care that some yeah, but drugged sure, up girl <laughs> sprinted sure through Troy tempered glass. I'm sure keg flip that you could see the window and it's not shattered. No, no, no. Different angle, man. They were <laughs> facing the couch. All I'm saying is the the logistics of this storyline are a little f***y, but they still get to the point that they need to. Zach, What's you this guy clearly don't understand on the chair American in the background? The, he's just taking a f***ing nap, man. It's high school party time. They're slow dancing and making out during the awards. Come on. You were there. I never was invited to a big uh, high school like house party. I didn't go to a single high school party. Not my not my. I went my to a scene couple with time. you in college, and maybe I yeah. went to like small thing like things at Ben's house were probably the closest I got mm-hmm. to that. But I never went to a thing where it was like thirty people having a kegger. Yeah, I was too scared of my parents to do shit like that. Yeah, I didn't drink in high school really, so. So yeah, Annie tells everyone how smart she is and how much she's got it together. I like that she's the president of Campus Crusade for Christ, even though she's <laughs> Jewish. And then she runs through a glass window. It's a scene that we've heard about. We know that this happened. Here's one of my issues. He's a we, mindless robot. 
we know that all of this happened before. We've heard them talk about this. I think that's why it kind of hurts me to watch her take all these pills and mm-hmm. and do this because we already knew that this happened. This is just like a retelling of events that we pretty much know about. I didn't yeah. need to physically see her all hopped up on pills. That's why I'm upset about it because they don't do other things that fill in detail. You know what I mean? It sure. just feels like a retread it's of something just showing that, that and really dramatizing was it. funny when they call her little Annie Adderall and talk about how she had a crazy pilled up era. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not funny anymore when you see it. It makes it less funny in hindsight. I do want to talk about that. The run when she does the, when she goes through the window is pretty bad. She yeah. takes off running, runs it behind It ain't no someone. matrix, that's for damn sure. <laughs> she runs behind someone and then after that, it is not Allison Brie. It's not <laughs> even the same body shape, not the same hair. It's, like it's a not Alison running Brie. back. Meanwhile, we realize that Magnitude, wearing the same clothes and same hairstyle that he's ever worn, is also at this high school party, also went to Troy and Annie's uh, high school, even though we've learned that he's British. Uh, and he hears two balloons pop, and everything clicks for him. Pop, pop. It's a good enough moment that I'm willing to let that one I'll, slide. I'll, I'll keep we'll it. We'll let yeah. it slide. But couldn't he have at least been wearing like a different shirt or something? Pop, pop. I do like the jabs between Troy and Annie in the present where Troy thinks mm-hmm. he had it worse when Annie had to get reconstructive surgery and go to like <laughs> Narcotics Anonymous and stuff. <laughs> he said, I had to smile when I didn't want to smile. Now we're getting to the point of the episode where everyone realizes that they don't like each other for the... 30th time and like the sixth time this season it feels like but abed is still putting together how they ended up at the mall what is going on here what did he just realize he realized because she was like if i didn't have to leave to go pick up my kids and he realizes that hey i yelled at some black kids at the movie theater Mm -hmm. at that mall that must have been shirley's kids What's going on with Shirley's kids? How old are they really? It's different kids, and I feel like they're the same age as the last time we saw them, but this is in the past. And also, we see them in season five, and I think they're also the same age, but then the one that she had in season two is also, like, older than he should be. Because in the Ass Crack Bandit episode, they I all I don't sing, expect you to understand how good. black... Americans age, Zach, the amount of hardship that's you know, on our shoulders let me every tell you day. The conversation that happened on the commentary, the only cast member on it was Yvette, and it was writers. And Yvette literally said, like making a joke, she was like, and those are my kids. Literally two different black kids every time, never get the shade the same, never get the <laughs> hair the same, uh, never get the ages right. Oh my and god. The, do you know what the writer said? The writer what? said, Welcome to TV. Like, also as a joke, but it was a telling moment Oof. of, like, this, I'm assuming, white writer being like, yeah. yeah, TV doesn't really get black people right. Sorry. Yikes. Isn't that yikes? That's awful. Back to the bar. Shirley is leaving Andre at their anniversary date uh, to go get the kids. Why are the kids unattended at the movies? She probably like sent him to the movies for a little while, and then she would go pick him up so she could go on her. This date doesn't with really track for me either. I feel like she would have had a babysitter. Yeah, she has to leave Andre, which is what's going. Those leave. kids are old enough to fend for themselves in a public mall. They're like what eight, five. Yeah, I guess I was doing that. four. Yeah, I don't know. They've been eight, five, four for four years now. Yeah, those kids are like nineteen. If you add up all the ages they played in this show, they're fine. 
Shirley has to leave because of the kids, and they're at the same restaurant bar that Jeff is with a stripper. So Shirley leaves Andre at their anniversary date. Here's another thing: Why wouldn't Andre just come? Why get wouldn't the kids he go with, with her? her? Why wouldn't he go with her? Especially, yeah. it would have made a lot more sense if Andre cheated on her with like if he was was going to a strip club or like met the. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense that he would just be like, "All right, bye. I'll keep the table warm." Yeah. And That's then weird. within seconds or minutes is me is giving his number to a to a, a stripper. It, mm-hmm. It's it's another thing that doesn't quite. Now that we're like pulling apart this episode and it's not going by so fast, I can't think about it. There are some things that are a little. Yeah. Here we've got Gooby. We've got Mr. Gooby, Abed's the dad Gooster. again. Uh, another thing, missed opportunity. They don't really do much here. All he does is yell about film school a time or two, and that's again mm-hmm. what he did the last time. He's putting Abed in therapy, which we don't really get to see much of, but Abed, this doesn't work either. Abed's <laughs> in therapy, and he sees Annie taking someone's prescription pad and, like, tattles on her. That's not, like, what therapy offices are like. It's not usually no. just, like, at the hospital or, like, at like, the med check. It's usually, like, at a at a place for therapy. Well, unless you're actually seeing a psychiatrist, they're not going to have a f-ing prescription pad anyway. That's true. Maybe he is seeing a psychiatrist. But it's another thing that, like, it works when it goes by really fast for them all to connect. But yeah, but what doesn't connect. work is that there's a f***ing animal testing site within the psychiatrist's yeah. office. Yeah, this is all, is this all in this mall, right? We're still in this <laughs> mall. Like, next to the Jamba Juice, they've got the psychiatric animal testing clinic. <laughs> One detail that this episode gives us that I do like is the linking of of Annie's boobs... To some animal testing disease, <laughs> to why Chang is the way he is. I yeah. like that. That That's I will great. buy. Another thing, I think. Wait, Shirley never met Abed in this situation. No, I was thinking Shirley would have put. Well, this. Uh, well, uh, 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 Abed meets Shirley's kids in like season one, and they're not like you're weird to us. Yeah, it's because they're different kids. Because they're different kids. They're not the <laughs> That's same why. kids. <laughs> That's a di- she got That's what it kids. is. Because the kids definitely would remember that some guy yelled yeah. at them in the theater. Especially someone like Abed, mm-hmm. who is memorable. The way he talks, the way he acts, the way he yelled about midi-chlorians, you would know it. Yeah. Huh, but Abed finds out that he's the bad guy here. And I said earlier that I like this thread, the Abed's the villain thread. And I do like it, but again, like other things in this episode, I think it's kind of a missed opportunity. I would have liked to have seen him do a little bit more with this, for Abed to learn something out of this, and I don't know that he does. Mm-hmm. Other than everyone like coming to cheer him up at the end. Also, not only is this a, a testing center for animals, she was able to give them the animal back and get a weed brownie for it. This place also sells medicinal marijuana. In two thousand eight, <laughs> there was medicinal marijuana in two thousand eight. Was there? Wow, it, it's been around for a long time, especially in places like Colorado. Mm, uh, I forgot how, they're there. However. Uh, I don't think you go to the hospital to get that either. (laughs) So now Jeff says that Abed shouldn't take the blame because really it's all his fault. And why exactly is it? Because Jeff... Look at that ADR glitter. None of it's even on her. It's just in the sky. It's just in the sky. I thought when she came in, she like just threw it in the air. Like she was LeBron James before a basketball game. That would have made more sense. For them to do that. Instead, they called up Pixar and said, we need your best (laughs) glitter effects now. And they said, we're busy. So they did it themselves. (laughs) 
It it, it was I like had, a PowerPoint transition. This was one of a couple moments in this episode being with Annie running into the door and here where I had to go back and watch. I was like, what the? That looks Yeah. Why, why did she have to be covered in glitter? Like, they sell body <laughs> she like, glitter. She, like, floofs her hair and glitter puffs out, but her hair's not glittery. <laughs> no! I think what happened here is that she's really... They wanted to make a joke about her being a stripper and being covered in glitter. And yeah. so there's glitter on the chair, there's glitter on her. But when they do this scene and Jeff says, it's coming off you like Pigpen, no, it's not. She doesn't look that glittery. So they're, mm-hmm. they're like, fuck, fuck, we need more glitter, guys. Get us more glitter now. <laughs> Put on and more they did glitter. it in editing just like they did the comic book stuff. This is so... This dialogue and how they're pulling these strings together in the end are a little hammy. The way that she's like, can you believe a married guy's wife just left at this same time and gave me his number? And Jeff's like, I have a you bad know, life. Zach, Go for it. With all this pill popping and glitter, it feels like I'm watching an episode of Euphoria. I haven't seen Euphoria and I almost don't want to because I feel like it's just going to make me sad. It's great, but yeah. I know that it's great, and I know that everyone... I know that I would like it, but when I hear that it's about, like, junky kids and stuff like that, I feel like it's just going to bum me out. I don't know if that's something that I, like, want to watch. Fair enough. But I also am, of course, intrigued in it because of how big of a cultural thing it is right now. Yeah. Is there, like... Is it ever funny or happy? No? Yes. It's funny sometimes. I think there are moments of real happiness, but there's also a lot of like a lot of these people have issues of different varieties. And I'm not at all saying that those types of things shouldn't be shown on TV the way that some people are saying about Euphoria. I just don't know if it makes me want to watch it. Like I don't know. I it's think a, from a film is it about something you know making is, standpoint? Is there like a plot to follow and stuff like that? Yeah. Or, okay. It's like like the characters are always the same characters. Well, yeah, I knew that, but is the show like just lines. a bunch of kids that are junkies and stuff doing? No, there's stuff? only one addict, really. Well, anyway, the rest of them are just high me. schoolers. I'm sure I'll check it out at some point, but it, it just feels like a downer. Yeah, no, the, Zendaya's character is the only drug addict in the main cast. Zendaya, not in Dune very much, but she sure was great in it. Love Zendaya. Timothy Chalamet, pretty good in Dune, better than expected. I think I'd like to, I haven't seen him in enough stuff, but I think I'd like to Timothy Chalamet. I like the way I like his look. I like the way he f- that peach and yeah. call me by your name. So Jeff yes. uh, convinces the stripper that she should go f- this married guy, and that makes this all his fault. Even after he argued that it wasn't his fault, I don't know that I needed this double triple cross. I don't know if it yeah. really is that big of a double triple cross. Again, I don't think Jeff's involvement is really that much of an involvement in the situation at all. Uh, but this is kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back where they all go their separate ways, just about? Or does that still come in? Um, I think this has got to be the last one. I don't know if anything else comes up. Cause I don't think there's anything... Because Britta doesn't really have anything else that goes on. They all decide to go their separate ways, yeah. They don't really want to study in the same room. They feel icky after this. And I don't think there's anything wrong every now and then once you have like a intense thing with some friends to be able to be like, I think we should put this away. Go home. We're all still friends. Plow it out. Let's, yeah, let's go. Lick some bums. What did I say my first sexual experience was too earlier? The community DVDs. You didn't go into detail. Is that what it was? Yeah. I don't think that's what it was. It's what it was. Because you were saying that that's, that's how you fell in love with the show. That's how you watch it now. 
you know, like it was your first sexual experience. You're like, yeah. no one was there, just me and the yeah, DVDs. That was on the pre-show, yeah. So they all go on their own with their community DVDs to to jack a couple out. That's how we started the pre-show anger. today. Was <laughs> talking about me masturbating to the community DVDs, and now yeah. we brought it up again on the other show, completely disconnected <laughs> I, from that. Let's one. be honest; it's more complex than just masturbating to the DVDs, <laughs> Zach. Well, you'll be well, – to be frank, They were in, on, and around you. To be frank, I did not touch myself there at all. It's all nipple-related. <laughs> nice. Anyway, Abed's left to feel bad. I do like that they bring up the Shirley-Jeff connection from when they were even younger. I like that there's that mm-hmm. little, you made me pee. Like, it would come up. So, well, great. Now we're even, yeah. Then Abed has the – I would have been so excited about the you made me pee <laughs> thing before because nobody else knew about that. Mm-hmm. Now we're to the final act. Abed is sad in the present at the yogurt store that they all ended up in at the past. And Jeff, I like this. The Jeff shows up. Uh, we don't always see anymore that connection that Jeff and Abed used to have in the first season, yeah. really. Uh, but I like that Jeff shows up here to make sure that Abed's okay. Any, any other things you want to say about the Star Wars prequel hate that goes on in this episode? You're a big defender of the prequels. I am. I have to say, and I will never take it away from you, but you, it's because of what age you were when they came out. Sure. Like, I I saw, you know, two and three in the theater midnight release. And you, you were know, like so 10. I was much younger for two. Sure. But you know what I'm saying? Like but they, yeah. Like so I, I have a lot of nostalgia for them. theater But even reviewing the movies several times as an adult and as a teenager... I stand by that the music is better in the prequels. I stand by that the fight choreography is much better in the prequels, and they're more exciting from an action movie standpoint. I disagree. What I will say is that, yeah, some of the story stuff is awful. Nothing is as upsetting as the newest trilogy's dissenter, or dissent from how good I think Episode Seven is. So I would say Seven is 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 in, a, is in a fight for my favorite Star Wars movie. I really like Force Awakens, and I think that's a f***ed up thing that you just said right now. But uh, here's what I'll say. I don't I, like I Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy. I don't that's give true. a shit about his character, and here's that takes the movies say, down quite a bit for me. I don't want to run too much longer, and I don't want to go on No, this is a Star Wars, Wars cast yeah. now. Here's what I want to say to what you say about the fight choreography and stuff. Sure, it's showier and a lot more like uh, well-performed, Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's a lot more – I don't feel like it is very exciting because in the originals and in the new ones, I think they do this well. There's a lot less of a like if you get just a little singed by this thing, you're going to get hurt really bad. They're, I feel like mm-hmm. it's like they're they're dancing and they're like performing a movement rather than it's like literally just us going to town on – it looks like a – you know what I mean? It, it, I, I do agree, especially in the new ones. I think each swing the, has more of a heavy life or death feel to it. But I think yeah, if you, you don't look got shit at to say. no, if you look at episode four and episode uh-huh. one, when the oh, mentor sure. gets killed, episode four is a bad example. Yeah, episode six is great, but I but episode like episode four. Six. They didn't know that it was gonna be what it was. That's a that's a yeah. hard. Like, I think the final lightsaber fight in episode six is incredible. Yes, and one of the best fights of this of the whole series. Yeah. Um, if you want to see the best lightsaber fight that there is, period, though, go ahead and watch the first episode of Star Wars Visions on Disney Plus and get your world rocked. Okay, I haven't watched that. I'd like to. Yeah, best lightsaber fight, period. It's another thing. The Star Wars market 
is so oversaturated now. It's, they're doing too and much. It kind of was post prequels if you got into all the extended stuff like it was hard Which to keep I, up with i was all about the like books and the shows didn't have to get into all that to be like a true star wars fan right mm-hmm. nowadays like you've you've kind of got to watch the mandalorian and the book of boba fett and yeah it's getting closer to like you kind of have to watch clone wars and rebels and whatever else is out there mm-hmm. let's let's wrap up this episode of community uh shirley shows up and i think it's good of her to show up and uh, that that she's she's sad about the way everything went down and is able to see it from a different perspective and they shouldn't just be mad at each other. Well, and um, I like that she gets connected. a moment with just Abed and Jeff because yeah. they're the three that probably had the most conflict and I think it was important that they got to resolve their thought. stuff before everyone else came back. Everyone shows up together and Abed, I think this shows even more that they were always destined to be together because no matter what, they always end up at the yogurt store at the same time. That's they're, what it's all about, man. It's all about the yogurt. The it's real friends were the yogurt we had along the way. Okay, now we get our last flashback. This is we do get more flashbacks. I've got to say, in the mall, look behind the windows of the things. It is such <laughs> a flat like backdrop of pictures of shops. That's great. Uh, let's talk about this. The Dean and Senior Chang, Season 1 Chang, show up to the mall to hand out flyers for Greendale to mm-hmm. try to get more students. And I yeah. think this is perfectly believable that they totally. all are at the mall. They pass out the flyers at the mall. Maybe traditionally they would be at a table at the mall instead of handing it out to everybody. But Greendale can't afford a table. It's cool to see this moment, how the receiving the flyer at a key point in each of their lives makes them decide that they need to go back to school. I think that's kind of a more powerful statement mm-hmm. than, like, I've been feeling lately the call to go back to school. And I feel like they could have done a little bit more with, like, that, I've got to go back, like, to make this about how the, the Greendale is the yogurt store, not the yogurt store. Like, they, mm. they were all destined to go back to school and to go to Greendale together. Maybe the real store was the, the Greendale that we yogurt along the... Greendale. Um, I like this. I like that we see Senior Chang in full Senior Chang form again. He does feel I do like too. a different form of Chang. I like this uh, more repressed version of the Dean. It's cool. I mm-hmm. uh, Of all the issues that I have with this episode, and I do have quite a few issues with it, by the end of it, I kind of like it. Like They manipulate all the things that makes me happy to see all the characters together for the first time in a way. <laughs> The Deans, I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me, doesn't do as much for me. Two mm. reasons, I'll tell you why. One, I don't like when season four just repeats a joke that they've done before for a joke. Yeah. Even if this is one of the more earned ones, in in principle, I don't like that. Two, mm-hmm. I don't like this idea that the Dean was totally repressed from that part of himself before then. I think sure. the Dean has been himself for a very long time. Mm-hmm. That's all I say. Is it you don't just hold up a you thing don't just acquire that yeah, much Dalmatian rash. stuff overnight. You can't Amazon Prime. That sounded like the first half of you trying to make a different title for our podcast. You can't <laughs> you can't Amazon you Prime to, a Dalmatian. Yeah, cast. every time you try to do it, it always trails off after the first. You can't, but a uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't frozen a yog cast. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't always have to have cast in it. You can't. Cheryl a hair wig. It's coming on Shirley's wig, which is much better than Britta's, but not not perfect. I really like the line here when Troy's just talking to the people around him, and he says like, "Yeah, actually, Crystal Skull is really great. I really like that." It is. <laughs> it's aliens. So Have that's you seen all the Indiana cool. Jones movies? I've seen one, two, and four. I haven't ever seen the Last Crusade. 
Wow, no Sean Connery? No, not in my house. <laughs> We've definitely talked about that interview. I don't know if on the podcast, but there's that interview of him with Barbara Walters and Sean yeah. Connery in like his like 60s or whatever. He's like, yeah, it's okay to hit a woman sometimes. And Barbara Walters <laughs> is like, That's a pretty good are Sean Connery. Are, 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 you, are, you, are you serious? Like, do you really mean that? No. Are you going to walk that back? He's like, yeah, if she's being a bitch, you got to slap her around a little bit. Uh, oh, Sean, come on the show, you old ghost. Let's talk about he's it. He's dead. Yeah. Oh, you said ghost. I said you old ghost. Yeah, I like this. I like the flyer. Not good at sports. Is not that where smart. It says spider. Go to Greendale. Steven, no. <laughs> you didn't get this deep into it, did you? <laughs> there is an acronym on the flyer. Okay. That's why I was, that was the joke. Is was it spider? Like, no, we'll, we'll get to that pretty soon. What if it's also spider? That's the joke, Zach. He's a double entendre. Also, I'll say this to tie other things together, because I, we just saw the part in the episode where Abbott says midichlorians a bunch of times. A lot of the things from the Star Wars movies, prequels, I would say especially, heavily inspired by Dune. Oh, cool. Dune came before Star Wars, and Dune has a way of doing something kind of like the midichlorians in a way that works a lot better. Nice, like the spice. You, spice is the thing. It in, mm-hmm. well, you should you should watch. That. I, it was really. Good. I have seen Ruby Zach. What? Gosh, talk to Lil about it. They'll fill you in. It made my heart sad the moment when uh, uh, Troy calls Abed a dweeb and throws. Yeah, thing at I him. didn't like that. Yeah, Troy didn't like it, but either. he doesn't feel good about it, mm-hmm. which is nice. Jeff overhears Chang talking to Britta about Greendale. Jeff remembers that Duncan worked at Greendale, and this gets him on the track of going to Greendale. Why does he have stubble now? Going to Greendale <laughs> to uh, uh, do that. Well, let's talk about that in a second. Uh, you know, again, I don't think it does us any good to see Jeff be like, oh, Duncan works at Greendale, because we saw him show up at Greendale, go yeah. to Duncan. I still don't quite think that this gives us enough new stuff to feel worth it. For me. No, I don't mind him asking if Duncan works there and then making a reference to that, but then him saying, maybe this won't be as hard as I thought. I think that's a little silly. Yeah. Pierce is uh, Chevy's body double. Uh, trips mm-hmm. in some frozen yogurt and everyone laughs. This moment, not just because of the body double, just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. It feels very hammy, like out of a different kind of sitcom. Feels like it should have a laugh track going on. Yeah. Not, not my favorite. Not my favorite. Uh, but Abed gets his nice moment where he looks at the wadded up ball that Troy gave him, and that's his Greendale flyer that convinces him that he should go to Greendale. I do like that, that in a way Troy had a, yeah. had a small piece in, in Abed choosing Greendale. And now we're back to the present. We see them all in the yogurt place laughing, uh, coming to terms with the good and bad of all their connections. And if anything, I will give this episode, it did a better job of study group gets mad, study group breaks up, study group gets back together. Although the gets back together sure does happen really fast and without a big Jeff speech where they're just yeah. kind of like, all right, and let's make them all friends again because that's how it has to end. Mm-hmm. He does get a Jeff speech. He does. Get, you think that that Chef Winger is going to let this episode go by without a cooking up a speech? slouching over some fro-yo, <laughs> yeah. no sweet music playing under it. Because in a moment, we're going to get the sweet scene that ends and the we're episode. we're all Spider-Man. Yay. And it doesn't involve any of these people, the sweet scene. Well, it involves Abed. It doesn't involve the study group, the sweet scene that ends the episode. It doesn't involve Jeff's speech. 
Uh, Abed has to leave because he's thought of something about. Like the reason, says, I'll be right back, and he goes all the way to Greendale. The reason Maybe why the they're all mall together. He's put it together. Why they're all together? It's part of the mall. It's it's right next to the <laughs> testing <there>. lab, uh, <laughs> in the dispensary. Uh, yeah. Abed shows up at the school because he's realized something that not only were they all destined to be together in a way, Chang is the reason that they all got those flyers and the reason that they all got together. And Abed realizes that they've been excluding him for too long when he is a big part of why they're there in the first place, which I think is sweet. But this is what leads up to us ending the Changnesia thing. It feels like a stupid end to a thing that's been built up all season. But on the micro level, this is a sweet little scene. And I like seeing Abed decide to include Chang and Chang to just be like able to drop all of the facade without making too big of a deal out of it. Well, I like Abed and Chang interactions because I feel like Abed is kind of, even though the study group is all flawed, he's kind of the weird one of the group in a lot of their eyes. Sure. And so he's kind of the closest to being an outcast, which Chang wants so desperately to fit in and for them to accept his quirks and oddities the way they do Abed, and they don't. So I think it's a, it's really means a lot to Chang that Abed's the one here talking to him. This was a well-acted scene between the both of them. I like Ken's yeah. delivery of the, well, you know what, it's too late. And then Abed just plainly explaining what he what he has realized and, mm-hmm. and calling him Chang and, and breaking the facade. It's a nice moment if it still doesn't counteract the stupid that all of Changnesia was. At least it wasn't presently offensive as much as we thought it was other than an episode or two mm-hmm. but chang has to make that big decision does he go through and help city college or does he join abed to make friends over frozen yogurt and he does he goes with abed and he has this thing very <laughs> job like can we actually go to the post office real quick i have this thing i don't want to talk about it <laughs> and then that's the end of the episode it fades out and here we get the uh the end the end tag which isn't really an end tag it's connected to the episode steven didn't watch this part so pay close attention no don't worry i saw i changed my mind yeah <laughs> but you didn't see this big mechanical spider no no uh, so chang tells dean spreck on the phone that he can't go through with it he's out uh, he hangs up the phone. He He's not giving in to what Dean Spreck asks of him. He goes and joins them for frozen yogurt. Everything seems happy, or is it? We cut back to City College. We see Dean Spreck, who has to go forward with plan B. Okay, if one of the plans is giant mechanical spider that destroys school, why was plan A, let's let Chang do it? <laughs> plan a was chang doesn't mail the rent check and plan b was destroy it with a mechanical f-ing incredibles yeah. villain i remember so clearly this episode watching it for the first time because he shows these blueprints for a big mechanical spider i think those feelings that i came to term with today about not liking the city college villainy stuff i was definitely there then and i was like ready for this plot to be over now mm-hmm. the changnesia was over and then now there's a giant mechanical spider what the f- and then they never, ever, ever mention it again? What the double f***? <laughs> That's how yeah. the episode ends, and it is not a good way to end this episode that has enough going a for it to not be considered stuff, yeah. a failure. But it isn't one of the best, but it's not one of the worst. Uh, what do we have to say as we wrap it up? How do you feel as we've gone through it? Do you think yeah. middle, top middle, bottom middle, middle middle? Where does it sit? I, I think it's just dead ass mid. Of the season four or of the series? I think it's middle season four. Middle season four. Upper bottom third of the series, maybe. Sure. 
and let's talk about MVP. Uh, one thing we mentioned is that this episode does a good job of including every character. They give every character something interesting about them in the past. However, mm-hmm. we both had the issue that because every character has their thing, not many characters get a fully fledged out yeah. storyline or a fully fledged out thought. So who is an MVP? Was it I'm going to give a couple. It was tough for me, but I think after really going through it and thinking about each character, I have a few honorable mentions. Honorable mention to Jeff. Honorable mention yeah. for Annie. Okay. And a lighter but still valid honorable mention for Troy. I think okay. that he has some really funny one-liners, but I don't think it was enough of a Troy. We didn't get to dive deep enough into him for him yeah. to be MVP for me as much as I enjoyed I mean, him. I don't know how much there is to dive into, but I do agree. He doesn't sure. have a but lot I, to do. I, my MVP is Shirley this week. I think that I love when we get to see Yvette actually get to act and actually sure. use some things and get to have some sort of an emotional beat other than... You know, I'm a mom. Because there's a little bit of that always, my and there's still a little bit of, oh, my husband well, I mean, cheated it's even on here. me. Yeah, but you're yeah, right. But I think it's that nice she to gets see... to do more with it. She she and Annie are the characters that are going through the biggest, like, emotional upheaval mm-hmm. in this one. And hers, I think, is taken a little bit more seriously than Annie's, and it does do well. So is that, yeah. it's, it's surely for you. Surely for me. For me, I'm just going to give an honorable mention. Uh, because of what we thought about the episode and the way the characters are utilized, it could have gone a lot of ways, and I don't feel 100% on any of them. But mm-hmm. I'm going to give an honorable mention to both Troy and Shirley. Troy, because I think Jock, uh, 2008 Troy, is really, really funny. All of his pop culture references I yeah. love. And Shirley, because of the same reasons you said. I think you wrapped that up really well. I'm going to give mine to Abed. Because nice. I I didn't think I was going to because I do feel like his storyline should have had more to it. But I think what he learns at the end of the episode and the way that he includes Chang is, an, even though it's rooted in the awful Changnesia stuff, it's a nice mm-hmm. button on the storyline. It's a sweet button. Uh, Danny sells the shit out of that last scene, enough for it to be like a last-minute sway for me to give him the MVP. So that's who it is for me. Totally. And that's the episode this week. Steven, next week, we finish season four of Community. Wow. It's nuts. I can't believe we've gotten to the end of the season this fast. I can't believe we've gotten this far into Community this fast. Well, it's you been know, we, made it, two- <laughs> we made it through the wilderness, Zach. You know, we made it through. Yeah. And I didn't know how lost I was until. Until I found I you. I found you. That, uh, from Glee, right? Yeah. Yeah. I and the everybody has sex for the first time episode. Even though, yeah, great job. Even mm. though uh, we've been doing this for two years, it still feels insane that we're looking the in the downstairs portion of the podcast in the eye. You know what I mean? Yeah. So next week, join in with us because your chances to do so are dwindling. Next week, we talk about the season four finale. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably my least favorite episode of Community. I haven't wow. seen it in a long time, but I don't I've probably have only seen high it hopes once. for it. But I am really excited to talk about it because those episodes are a train wreck and fun to talk about. So send us in what you think of next week's train wreck, your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your episode MVP to Podcast at gmail.com. As always, if you like what we do on the show and you want to help us take it Further, if you want Steven to be able to eat, uh, I Patreon is a place to do it. Patreon.com slash can disappoint podcast. You can't disappreciate show every week, early access to this show every week. And seriously, guys, Brokeback Bebop has been a lot of fun. And if you have any interest in checking it out, I suggest you do so. Steven, let's kiss these kids goodnight. Uh, <laughs> what, where can the people <laughs> find us? Uh, come over and party with us on Twitter over at You Can't Disappoint. We're also on Instagram under Can't Disappoint Podcast. 
And if you're feeling real lovey-dovey, come over and smack that like button and follow us on Facebook and on YouTube under the name You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, the whole name of the show for people keeping score at home. All right, everybody, from inside Yogurtsburg, Black Lives Matter, I'm Zach. I'm Steven. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. Doodaloo doot. Yeah, I did that. Sky Mall! Ha 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 ha! Sky Mall! Like a virgin! Touched for the very first time! Like a virgin! When your heart beats next to mine! I'm being told I have unstable internet connections, so. Whoa. Am, I, am I being buggy or am I good? Um, you're actually good right now. Okay. Yeah, so we're you're, here. You're like videos a little delayed. So we're here to talk about. So, <laughs> but it's not too bad. <laughs> From inside the dreamatorium, I'm Zach. Black Lives Matter. I'm Steven. What you? I, I, that was weird. No, you like skipped out, so I couldn't actually hear what you said. Oh, I just heard a pause. Oh, my internet connection's unstable. Mm. Try it again. Try it again. Am I back? Am I back? Am I good? Yeah, I can hear you at least.